Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strife's Sanctum. I'm your host, Citizen Strife, and today I'm going to talk about Metacon 2021. This is the first uh, convention that I've been to in Minneapolis since COVID began, and actually a couple years even before that. Um, these conventions up here are run by a company known as Anime Midwest, and they uh, handle any convention from... Um, stuff here in Minnesota, to Chicago and Illinois, to Iowa and other areas. But what I like about that is that they've kind of zeroed in on having the same convention spot, the same hotel, and the same like general setup of their convention space. And I think the way I'm going to go about talking about this, I do have a hand of notes, um, is... First, talking about the convention space in general, then talking about how I went around the convention and did things, and then, like, certain things that I didn't see but are part of conventions in general, just in case people do want to experience them themselves if they ever want to go to a convention, and then maybe, like, just little bits of things here and there. I don't know how long this is going to be, but bear with me. I think this will be fun, and I'm actually doing it the day of the convention, I came home thinking, hey, I just want to record now instead of recording on Tuesday morning. At least hopefully if somebody doesn't knock on my door and interrupt me like I, like I did on my first recording. So, in the last couple of years, uh, Anime Midwest has done fairly similar setup in the same hotel. Uh, they start with one, like one floor uh, hotel registry and then they cut off one and a half of the first floor for their own use. And then the second floor is also convention space. And then if you want to do room parties or whatever, then there will be people on separate floors and separate rooms that will say, hey, later in the day, we're going to do these fun things. And it's like, we're just going to watch anime or we're going to play games or whatever. You know, that didn't happen too much this year, um, but there were a couple. Uh, my whole thing was I was like a midday person. I, I go to sleep early these days so i don't do a lot of the late night raves and like crazy like let's talk about 50 shades of gray and uh weird like anime stuff we've seen or just you know talking crap uh with different four letter words um they would call them 18 plus panels a lot of the fun stuff and crazy stuff tends to happen later in the night i tended to stick with the midday panels and walking around and uh, going to the dealer's room, going to the gaming room, maybe sitting down to watch an anime here and there, and then uh, going to panels themselves. Um, my way of going to panels is I like the voice actors and stuff, and I think I'll just start there. Um, so you have your main event panels for things that are like cosplay uh, contests, or masquerade balls, which are fairly similar. Or you have a rave later in the night. One of the uh, voice actor guests is usually like a uh, splits his time as a DJ. Sometimes uh, this year he was called in as an emergency DJ, right? Um, so those are later in the night. But you'd have other like bigger scale events, like opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies and such. Otherwise, you'd have smaller panels for like, hey, a single guest wants to do a Q and A panel or. Um, like cosplayers of a certain like show or game or something would say, Hey, let's 
do the thing where you ask characters a question in character and then they have to answer, you know, the character panels kind of thing. Um, not as big a fan of those, but they do happen a, lo- a lot. I think this year was more game centric, but you'll have them anime based as well. Um, other panels would just be like, hey, how do you do TikTok videos and whatever? Um, like, let's just talk about video games, you know, just varied things. You'd have a lot of stuff for like um, My Hero Academia or whatever, just like separate little things. My thing when I go to conventions, at least now that I'm a little older, is I like to learn about uh, actors and how they approach acting from whether it be anime, video games, or on-stage performances, because a lot of them do all of them. And I like to know, well, one, I like, I've, if anybody's read or listened to my podcast or watched me play any game or whatever, I gab on and on about voice actors and how they are important, and they should be recognized for all that they do. Um, I'm sometimes a little overboard for it, yes, but again, when a when a guest, whether it be, you know it's anime based voice actor or in some cases a video game or TV actor, you want to show them that they're important. You want to show them that you know people know who they are and you know it's worthwhile that they're doing what they're doing. And and you know maybe some actors who are just like the side characters or the additional voices, uh, or or um you know, the tech people behind the scenes, because there's a lot of work that goes into making cartoons and TV and video games and such. So you got people who dabble in those instead. So those panels are kind of like my thing. I think when you come to a convention, try to come up with a schedule, but also be like very flexible and say, I don't really want to do that one, but I really want to do this one instead. My thing was I wanted to meet some of the guests. And that was where I spent most of my time. You'd also have ones that were like martial arts demonstrations. They have a guy here who does a lot of like samurai sword demonstrations and such, or would talk about Japan as, you know, part of the martial arts, like historian sort of stuff. I didn't really get into that because at the time I was kind of feeling more of the voice acting side. Um, The voice actors I met the most would be Greg Ayers, Quentin Flynn, and then uh, Heather and Tyler Walker. Uh, we'll start with Greg first, because I went to his panels more than anybody. And he's been a Funimation voice actor. So Funimation is based in Texas. But, you know, if you've seen stuff like Fullmetal Alchemist or Clannad or, you know, just pick any number of show, and you hear a guy that's like, you know he's a dude, but he sounds like he's 13, that's probably Greg Ayers. Um, I'm trying to remember, like he was Chrono and Chrono Crusade and, you know, other stuff like that. Like he's been in everything. Um, and he would say as much like his whole thing was he didn't start out to be an anime actor or whatever. He kind of lucked into it, um, from his other jobs. And he's always been like a Minnesota mainstay. Like he likes to come to these conventions and it's always cool. Um, but he's like a bundle of energy and his panels were just like, like, here's this anime like he is an anime fan and i will contrast that with a couple other guests that i will talk about because you can hear it you can hear that like if you talk to him about any of the current stuff like hey i wanted to watch the live action thing of bebop what's your opinion on it he'd be like yeah i want to see it 
you know, I, I don't want to go into anything that would be a non-disclosure agreement, but safe to say, like, when you hear him talk, you can hear his excitement for being a part of the industry for so long. Because, again, a lot of these people have been in the industry for 20 years, and as has he. So they deserve respect for being at a thing that they've done for 20 years. It's like being in any other job for 20 years. It's like, oh, holy shit, 20 years? Okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, his other panel, which is a big deal, was It Gets Better. It's a nonprofit, uh, anti-bullying, anti-LGBT, like, like um, just one of those anti-bullying harassment campaigns. And this has been around for like 10 years. And that one was a way more serious panel. And he made it a point that he's been doing that panel for 10 years. And it, it's a thing with celebrities in it. It's a thing with anime actors in it because it's it spans everything. One of my major fun things with some of the guests and I were talking about disabilities rather than talking about, um, you know, mental health, which we, they got into. And I'm not going to throw specifics other than my situation. I don't mind disclosing my situation. I'm legally blind. And it's weird when you contrast how if I was to walk with a cane out in the street, which I do not have to. But you notice that I'm off camera sometimes, and that's because I cannot see text very well. Like, that's why I don't do subtitles. That's why I do, well, That's why I stick with dubs a lot of the time. That's why I stay off camera some of the times is because I can't read. Uh, anybody who saw me try to do Doki Doki Literature Club, for instance, like, I can't physically read that for that long. You know, and that's why certain games are like, eh, I can't really do this one because I just can't do it. So in the scope of real life, being disabled has disadvantages. And it's. I think the cool thing about the panel was getting to talk about how there are struggles for people with what they what they're called in invisible disabilities like no one would say anything to me if i didn't tell or if i didn't have the cane or a seeing eye animal or you know service animal sort of thing and it it, it also bleeds into stuff like mental health and whatever so if you do get a chance to do one of the more serious panels be aware that they do describe a lot of things in depth and Greg went to a lot of effort to make sure that we as people understand all of the roles in society and don't make it, you know, don't marginalize people. Just don't be a dick. Right. That's a simple fact is like, if I, I think the words that I remember most was if people are going to judge you offhandedly, then they've already made up their mind about how they, you know, treat you as a person. So, um, it's a, it's a good lesson. It's like, don't let somebody label you something just because of something they see that they don't understand. And even then, if they've have figured it out, don't let them discourage themselves and say, Oh my God, this is such a big change, you know? Cause I think the reason it gets better is a big deal is because a lot of people have things that they go through and, some are, a some are more serious than others, but the same rule applies. Just don't be a dick to people. That's true for anybody. And I, I respected that that was one of the bigger panels that I went to. Um, another actor I met was Quentin Flynn, who uh, m more well-known, I suppose, because he was uh, Raiden from Metal Gear Solid and um, Axel from Kingdom Hearts. 
but he was in you know 90s cartoons and stuff so he's been immersed in tv and you know stage performances and whatnot so it's not just video games right but you get a different perspective of him from him because unlike greg who was just self professed fan of things quentin was the more reserved and he started as sort of an impressionist like um, I, I would say his impressions of like Johnny Carson, the Beatles, uh, Christopher Walken, uh, was so good. Like a Richard Nixon or a Nick Nicholas Cage. Like the first one he did was a Nicholas Cage impression. I'm like, he sounds just like him. It's crazy. Um, but the way he would approach acting would be different. And this would go into how you deal with actors in general. Uh, the question came up is like, well, what did you think of this character from this thing? And he's like, well, I've been in so much stuff where I have to work on so much stuff that I can't remember everything I do. And he's like, thank God for YouTube because you guys can show me stuff that I'd never seen before or forgot that I was even in, right? Um, Because that's something as fans that if we've played, say, a game for so long, like Final Fantasy X, like he was in Final Fantasy X, right? Um, So I talked about that. And then I said, hey, you were also this character. And I was like, what? I do not remember doing that. So again, you have a different flavor of of that. And I think in Quentin's case, it's like, don't be discouraged if somebody doesn't remember a specific line from a specific show that may... <laughs> you have to remember, they've been doing things for 10, 20, sometimes 30 or even 40 years and may not remember, you know, because we're super nerdy about this sort of thing. And these people are doing it as a profession. Um and it's like trying to do music. I, I, I think one of the cool things with him was he's also a musician on the side, much like Greg was a DJ. And it was like, if you've ever done a demo or done a recording or done acting or whatever, you're taking a lot of takes. You're doing a lot of the same repetitive things. You're trying, like, I remember doing a demo when I was younger of, like, these songs. And it was just a demo of, like, three songs. But we had to redo the song, like, 10, 20 times. Imagine being in a booth for four hours and saying the same line over and over and over and doing it in a different way and doing it in like a screaming way and then doing it in a subdued way or even auditioning in a thing. And it's like, you probably don't want to remember doing that because then you think of a different thing. So when you talk to actors, you'd be aware that this is a job, but it's also a fun thing that they do. So you have to be like respectful of, like they're very busy and sometimes they don't remember everything that they do. They sometimes don't remember watching or reading or, or playing the game or the show that they were in. So you get kind of different sides of different actors, you know, based on their personality. So those were the two main guests. The other two I uh, met were more on the production side of things. Um, Heather and Tyler Walker also from Funimation. Um, so they do more of the production or like creating the sound profiles or doing sound engineering or casting direction and whatnot. And they, t they talked about auditioning for anime in, you know, Funimation. And they said, well, some people like to give like these big sheets that have the name of the character in the show that they're doing, the type of character they're doing, the type of voice that we're looking for, and even these lines that they're looking for. And then people would audition for them. Some, some do, some don't. Um, and I thought that was really cool because I got to learn that like a lot of people sometimes don't even get an anime just to act 
or video games or whatever to act. Sometimes they're just sound engineers and then they just like, Hey, I get to learn to do this thing. I get to learn to do this thing. And then they do more of that and they get, you know, different skills and then learn. It's like a boot camp of different skills that they learn and different things that they get to do for a company. And it's like, Oh, well, if I'm not acting in a show, I can still do this thing and stay busy. So that was kind of cool. And learning that side of it because uh, again i think actors are you know especially for the lower like lower on the totem pole than say the hollywood you know you got the a-listers and whatever but you have to have actors for everything you have to have actors for commercials you have to have actors for tv you have to have actors for soap operas or or whatever you know and cartoons anime video games are same it's like you have to have a lot of skill and you have to understand like a lot of these people don't get into it just because they're fans. They get into it because they're good at their jobs and they need to be respected for it. Um, you know, and you can't like discount what a person says. So I tend to go to these conventions to meet them and to say, Hey, what you're doing is important. And these shows would not be as fun as they are if they were, you know, silent or just subbed or whatever, you know? So a lot of people deserve attention and I wanted to throw that out there. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for, I don't think I said anything out of the ordinary, you know, cause you don't want to say a person's in doing a thing or whatever, you know, you don't want to uh, bad mouth a person. And I have no reason to because all four of those people that I met were awesome. So I was like, yeah, it was it was fun. It was amazing. And obviously different conventions are going to have different things. Like Greg might be in another one. I think Greg's been in like every convention I've been to. And it's like never once did I feel annoyed by that. But again, if you like seeing different people different times, cool. And if, if that's not your thing, there's so many other things in the convention to do. So if panels aren't your thing, well, you could go to the dealer's room. And the dealer's room is just like a farmer's market of like, Here's some artwork. Here's some craft materials. Here's a here's a mock-up of Thor's hammer that I made out of plastic or or metal or whatever. Here's some figurines. I bought a figurine way over market price because I was dumb and felt I needed a souvenir. It happens. It's like going to a concert and buying a shirt for fifty bucks instead of like twenty. <laughs> You know, that sort of thing. So that's where you get all of that fun stuff. The other side thing that I would do is I would sit down and I would watch anime. They have a room stationed for anime. And they would play, whether it be the, the uh, big favorites like Fullmetal Alchemist or Konosuba. Like, I don't need to be convinced to watch Konosuba or Fullmetal Alchemist. Like, I, I would sit and watch those. But they, have, they would have more obscure stuff like Kimba the White Lion. I was like, really? Okay, well, I'll watch that for a few minutes. Or I'd watch something like Dagashikashi, which is, eh, I watched it, got a few episodes in, and this was like a couple years ago. Eh, it's fine. I might rewatch it someday. Um, the, the show I remember getting into, and I'm going to actually watch after um, I get some free time next week, is Joker Game, or Joker's Game. Uh, this was the best way I would describe it would be an anime version of the Kingsman movies. Uh, those kind of sort of James Bond, sort of spy thrillers that are half serious, half comedy, like mostly comedy. Like the new one with Ray Fiennes is coming out like really soon, right? Um, this one is like super freaking serious. And 
from what I heard when I told people that I'd watched Joker's game for like an episode, I was like, oh, you might like that. I would definitely watch that. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. And it's like, if you're into the super serious spy shit, like that might be for you. Um, so watching anime just to sit down and just chill for five or ten minutes or even an episode or even watch the whole freaking show for the two or three hours is fun. Um, the other fun thing I would do would be going to the gaming room and they have two sets of gaming rooms they'd have the tabletop gaming room or card game room a lot of people would be playing like magic the gathering or they play Catan with this like gigantic freaking dice roll um they had a wall of like different games that you could play at different tables but you would also have like the vendors would have everything from magic and tr other trading cards like Pokemon to a Final Fantasy trading card set. Uh, they would have D&D &D books. They would have, you know, just these obscure card games or board games or stuff. And it was always so much fun. Um, the gaming room itself was a little different this year as well. The last like five or six conventions I went to have been kind of the same. They would have pick a console whether it be the nes super nes playstation playstation 4 whatever and you would play mario on this one or sonic on the next one and then they'd have super smash brothers over here they'd have a ddr cabinet over there you know and then you name it like halo or titanfall or fortnite or whatever you know and they would just play those right and it would just be a wall of like 30 consoles this year was a little different they actually got a whole host of like arcade rhythm game cabinets from Japan and they had anything from uh, Final Fantasy rhythm games like the ones you'd have on the DS and 3DS that were released on those systems. They had a they had a version of that. So it wasn't like full on here's the soundtrack to every single game they ever did, but they had like five or six songs from every Final Fantasy game up to 15. But then they'd have stuff from Tactics. They'd have stuff from, like, Chrono Trigger, from Secret of Mana. And I was like, oh, awesome. And it played just like, you know, those games. It would be set differently because you'd have your thumbs on the the button and then you'd have your fingers on the other two. It was like this weird, like, circular kind of thing. Um, right next to it was a Miku machine. And it was the ar actual arcade cabinet. Because I play on the PS4. I stream PS4. So I'm used to the buttons being, you know, circular. Arcade machine, these gigantic circular buttons, you know, are set out all four buttons in a row. So I'm like trying to hit the buttons at the top and the bottom. There is no top and button, bottom. So I'm confused while I'm trying to play these two or three songs that I'm doing. Um, there was one I never played before called Jubeat, J-U-B-E-T, which had these like, it was like a gigantic cube. It was like, um, it was just this gigantic cube. It had 16 squares on it, 16 buttons. And these flashing buttons would just, they would have this like little effect, like a, like a glass shatter effect. And you'd have to hit it at the right time. And then you'd have to hit the other one, or you have to hit four of them and you have to hit two of them, you know, and it would change depending on the song. I think the most fun one I had was one called My My. Think of a 10-foot-tall uh, dryer, right, with the circular opening, and it would, like a tumble dryer kind of thing. And the screen would just encompass half the thing, and then around it would be a circular ring of, like, 
10 to 12 buttons. So the song would play, and the songs could range from the Vocaloid stuff, like from the Miku game from before, or even some of the more obscure Vocaloid stuff that even the video games can't even do. But they would also have, like, Sonic music. They'd have anime music. Um, other pop songs from Korea or from Japan or whatever. And it was just like, you'd have to hit the buttons in time all around this circular thing. And then when you, you know, I'd get into it and I'd be like, just my legs would start moving. My arms would start moving. And it's like, you're moving around a circle and you're just getting a workout. It's not quite as extensive as a DDR machine where you have to like jump and hit the notes. Sorry, I banged my desk. Um, but it's uh, like an upper body workout on its own, just trying to move your arms in a circle to get the notes. And I was playing on the easiest difficulty. So, you know, but that was the, the fun part of all of that. Um, so anytime that I needed a break from the panels or I, I just wanted to walk around and whatever, I've stopped by the gaming room and, you know, play a song or two. Um, the big thing for me this year, aside from the panels was to try and, um, look out for cosplay. Um, mostly because I'm on a lot more discord servers than I used to be. And a lot of people were like, Hey, you're going to a convention. Could you, uh, take some pictures while you're there? Um, so for me, I was not like into cosplay just cause I'm way bigger now. Uh, I used to cosplay like five or 10 years ago, but I realized like, I don't want to go through the rigmarole of creating an outfit for two to three days and, you know, leave it for another two or three months and then bring it back out again. You know, that being said, I respect the effort it takes to be a cosplayer. I take great pride in seeing what all these people were doing. Cause you know, for all the people that were just not in costume, you'd have the people would be painted wigs or painted faces or like they'd have the cat tails or the cat ears or whatever. But then you'd have the people who went so far into it that they changed themselves and looked exactly like the characters. And I think that was the fun thing for me. Um, when I was deciding who to take pictures for one, it was, Hey, do you mind if I take a photo you know, but I also had a rule, like I wouldn't bother people while they were eating or talking with their friends. If they were walking around outside of panels or in the dealer's room, they'd be like, oh, if I don't mind it, is it okay if I take a picture? You have to have some etiquette because you got to remember people are there. They might be in cosplay just for the fun of it. They may not want to have their picture taken specifically posted on a, on a social media platform. Otherwise they're gonna be like super cool. You know, it takes five or 10 seconds, uh, to get a picture. And I posted about 10 or so. Um, my favorites were like the crazy amount of Batman and Joker stuff I got. Um, cause, um, Batman was by himself. We had a couple different Batmans. There was a Batman and a Catwoman who won like a, um, a cosplay contest, but they would walk around and the, there was a Batman who was based on the like eighties movie. Actually, no, he was wearing the grayish outfit. So it'd be more towards the, um, sixties TV show, or maybe even the nineties animated show. So he had one that was like that. The, the guy I was able to take a picture of was like justice league, you know, Batfleck, right? Big old burly outfit. And, he happened upon a Bane and a Harley Quinn and it was like, I mean, they were just chatting and whatever. And, you know, I got to talk with them and they said, Hey, 
mind if we take our pictures and you know they meet up like in the anime room uh the heath ledger joker would happen upon and then out from the like from a different side room there'd be the jared leto joker and they met up and tag team and i was like hey it's almost like a pokemon game it's like you can't make that stuff up if you tried, you know. Um, but again, you don't want to be invasive. You don't want to bug people. But I think most people in general are, like, nice about it. And again, if you're going to do cosplay, you have to understand that you can do any different level of it. You can just wear a costume. You can just wear a costume and just wear your, you know, normal face. You could do a costume that looks completely different. And, like, you would just be totally different. You could wear a costume. Um like this guy who was in a transformer, like Optimus Prime, just, just big guy and just takes up the entire space of like half of the, half of the hallway in this like transformers outfit. There was a uh, person who was wearing like a, like a plastic Pikachu, like almost like a garbage bag look. Right. But it was in the shape of Pikachu. Right. Um, dude with a shark head. Don't know why it was just a, it was just a foam shark head. Uh, dude would wear his jacket and pants, but he'd have like a, like a, like a knight's helmet, like one of those very closed off quaff helmets that people would just knock on his helmet. Right. Almost like black knight from Monty Python kind of thing. Um, you know, so you get that entire spectrum of just every cosplay you can imagine. And there were some people that I was interested in seeing cause they were really good outfits, but never, uh, got around to taking pictures of you had Scarlet Witch from WandaVision in the Halloween episode where she gets the red get up right with the old school like horns out of her head uh, there was 2B from Near Automata you had like three or four different Danganronpa characters that were really good you had a Yuna I think it was the first day I was in the dealer's room there was a Yuna from Final Fantasy X that was in really like really good like mock-up even with the wand that she used like this it was really cool so again i only took pictures of people that i felt like i wasn't being a burden to or bothering while i was there but again if you want to do that sort of thing it is an investment and everybody has their own vibe of how they want to do it i think some people want to do it because they want to be in the cosplay contest or masquerade balls right um some do some don't like i think the coolest like one and you get some really strange ones too like you got a freddy krueger with a rake you got a santa claus in a farmer outfit like he even won the second cosplay competition there was a dude walking the dealer's room who was jesus christ like with the robe and the beard and the hair, like complete Jesus Christ get up. And I was like, okay. So it doesn't have to be solely anime. And I think that's the thing wrapping up. And I know this was kind of a shorter episode and whatnot, but I wrapping up, like if you've ever thought about it going to a convention or whether, whether it be an anime one, a movie one, a TV one, or just a Star Trek one or whatever, it could be a book or a reading convention, right? They have those. If you're interested in, in going, I would definitely suggest going because it's something that you'll never forget. For whatever reason you want to go to these things, whether it be cosplay, meeting actors or writers or guests or you know performers or whatever, whether it be a smaller con or a bigger con, or even if you just want free food from a con suite, like if you just want to comp some rice and chips or something, like you can do that. Like pop chips and rice. You just, oh, I can go there. 
there's so much fun that can be had at conventions and whether you go for one reason or another, you're in a space with people that probably share similar interests to you. Because that was another thing, getting back to the It Gets Better panel, is sometimes it's easy to feel that what you're interested in isn't shared by the public at large or even most of your friends. At a convention, there's so much stuff that you can see and be like, I've seen that. I've heard that. Let's get to meet each other. Or, hey, can I take your photo? Or, hey, can I get a picture at this dealership? You know, Or, can I get this figure? Whatever. Can I watch this show that I never watched before? So much stuff you could be exposed to that you never would be on a daily basis that would change you. Uh, it's an experience. It's like going to a theme park for the first time, like going to a Disney World kind of thing, or going on a vacation to some faraway uh, city or country. You get to see things that you don't get to see for a couple of days and get your mind off what you're doing in your daily life. So if you're ever interested in going to a convention, I'll convince you to go. Hell yeah. If you've made it this far, thank you. Because I gush over going to these conventions so much. I was happy to get some time off of work to just go. And I was like, it's been three years since I've been to one. And I'm hoping to go to one in March. I'm hoping to go to one in May. I'm hoping to go into as many as I possibly can going forward. Because these are things that I enjoy. And I always love going because there's something new that I get to experience. And it's always going to be a fun experience. So I hope if people do decide to go, they get the same kind of feeling that I do when I go to these. But that'll do it for me. Uh, I recorded this midday Sunday, like in between a Vikings game and whatnot. I was just like, hey, I'm home. Let me talk about the convention now so I don't have to wait until Tuesday and possibly forget something. So I'll post this right as I'm done. That'll be my uh, podcast for this week. Same schedule as before. We've got um, we've got Symphony of the Night next week. I believe it's going to be another anime a week from that, which would be Heat Kai J, and then I will talk about Xenoblade Chronicles later next month. I'm going to dabble into Bebop and the live action Netflix uh, Netflix live action Bebop show. Please be good. Please be good. God damn it. Please be good. You know. Um, so that will be my schedule for the next month or so. So I've got stuff to do for a while, but that's enough for me today. I'll see you guys next time. Citizen Strife, signing off.